Good afternoon. I am Rachel Humphrey with DEI Advisors, and I am delighted to be joined today by Kevin Carey of HLA. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Good to see you. Happy Friday. Thank you so much. We are going to jump right in. We've got about 30 minutes to spend together today, and we want to hear a little bit about your path to leadership and some of the lessons and insights you've learned along the way. But one of my favorite things about the hospitality industry is how unique everyone's path to leadership is. And that's especially interesting for me with you, because when you and I first met, we held very similar roles leading operations of two of the most impactful associations, trade associations in the hospitality space. Yet our paths are completely different into how we got there. Tell us a little bit about your path to HLA and how you got to where you are today. Sure, I'd be happy to, and may come as a surprise to you or others. But I, uh, but I had what I'd say was a very corporate upbringing in some respect. My father was a career AT and T financial executive. We grew up in New Jersey, which was effectively AT and T land at the time. And my whole frame of reference about the working world was viewing it through the observations I had of my father, many of my friends, parents, and otherwise. While in college at Penn State, and I know Rachel, you're a Penn State fan quietly, but maybe mm-hmm. a little more overtly these days. So I got a summer position T and T for one year while I was a sophomore in college, and then really had what turned out to be a very significant impact on my career and my life in many respects. When I got another summer internship at American Express Company and wound up being there for two summers, and then you blink your eyes and 27 years have gone by. And Amex was just a phenomenal organization. It is a phenomenal company and had just a range of experiences over that time frame. I worked in Washington, D.C. in the government affairs role, uh, but then transitioned over to the business side of the company and had the opportunity to grow my career and really grow up in a lot of respects in in leading teams and organizations, leading regions and having global responsibilities, including with teams up to 500 people. I also had through that experience, a phenomenal set of outstanding leaders that I had the chance to work with and had a chance to view senior executives, including several CEOs at American Express, confront issues from September 11th to the financial crisis overall, but also saw how the company really put a premium on community service around culture and around diversity as well. That, as I left American Express and looked at a set of opportunities, I started to get some outreach from search firms who saw my Washington experience as well as commercial experience. That led to the discussion ultimately had with Catherine about joining AHLA and saw very quickly it was a very different organization that I was one I was familiar with when I was in DC and saw the commitment of the industry's senior most leaders to driving this industry and at the phenomenal people and associates forward. That is, again, different from mine, but so interesting to see how that summer internship led okay. to a, an unexpected career and then a pivot over to HLA. You mentioned in there talking about culture and diversity at American Express, and that's really interesting to me because that precedes the timing right now where the hospitality industry is heavily focused in those areas. How did that time at American Express with a focus on community service, values, diversity impact you as a leader and and ways that you may implement that today in your role at HLA? 
Yeah, I made the reference to the experiences I had, but I think I also said I largely grew up at American Express, which is accurate. Through that time frame uh, in the company's history, if you know a little bit about it, it was traditionally seen as it emerged and the card was issued in 1958 as commonly referred to as a white shoe firm. The time frame I was there, you saw the transition from that legacy, historical background and context to where I had the opportunity to work closely with a CEO um, who was Jewish. And then ultimately also who followed him, the CEO, Ken Chenault, who's black and was one of the only black CEOs of a Fortune 100 company. The majority of my time at American Express, I also had women who were leaders of of who I reported to. And two of them were women of color as well. I saw this transition in the company. I saw more of the transition in the Fortune 100 world. It always had a very significant impact on me, on how I viewed my career, the experiences and relationships I had it was very formative in terms of my own development and emergence. As a- It's incredible to see how the experiences we have, both as young careerists and then as we progress, really impact our roles in leadership. One of the things you mentioned at American Express is having the opportunity to lead not only very large teams, but very successful teams. And you've continued to be able to do that over your years at HL. What do you look for when you're trying to identify talent? What are you looking for during the resume process, the interview process? We can all look at a job description, but how do you really identify, okay, this is the person for this role? Yeah, in his resume lists an outstanding set of accomplishments or experiences. I think as you get into discussions with prospective new hires, some of the things I look for are people who are really dialed in. I think you can see that almost initially in the conversation. Are they leaning in? Have they done their homework on companies? So many people come to interviews just ready to bombard you with information about how great they are. But have they really looked at the industry? Have they looked at the organization they're trying to become a part of? Have they looked into your background and do they come with uh questions. Do they also bring a point of view to the discussion where they start to give you a sense of how they might perform in the role and or as a people leader, if that's the nature of the job? I think you always look for a track record of results, but also making sure that you see people whose career is progressing over time. Are they taking on greater responsibilities? Have they taken any lateral roles as well to broaden or diversify their experiences? And one thing that's always important to look for is When they talk about their experience or their competencies, are they just talking about it from an individual results perspective, or do they also bring forward the impact they've had on others? If they're a team leader or a people leader, that dimension is an essential one that you can look for and that I look for as well. Those are some great insights. And I love the idea of someone leaning in and being prepared, not just to talk about themselves, but what they can actually contribute to the greater team. You talk about coming from a company that had that exhibit a lot of diversity and then working now to um, develop the team around you at the association. There's obviously a lot of talk in hospitality right now about the need to build more diversity within the industry at the leadership level. What are you seeing from your perspective and what do you think other leaders need to be doing to maybe move that needle a little bit farther and faster? Yeah, I would start by saying we're nowhere near the point of arrival at this stage, but even in a relatively short period of time since I joined HLA and really stepped into the lodging industry in full five years ago, uh, I've seen some pretty, what I'd say, are significant or, or material strides that are being made. I can tell you how, as a team and, and as an organization, how we really 
emphasize and prioritize diversity in our developments of slates for open positions. And as we look at candidates and people to join, whether it's the association or our foundation, certainly as we look annually at the board of directors, the executive committee, and there's been real progress made there over the last several years, but it extends on to the 17 committees that we have within AHLA, that making sure that we have people of color, women in leadership positions, how we look at our events and who's on stage, ensuring that we have representation from what the industry looks like from an employment standpoint, but also what the industry looks like from a customer standpoint. So really across all those fronts. And next year, obviously, is going to be a very significant year with Leslie Hale as HLA's national chair, along with women in a number of key roles as officers of our foundation's board of trustees and leading some of our key committees. I'm certainly enthusiastic and continue to be focused on this area, as I know our overall governance is, and certainly Chip and I work very closely on this That's great to hear and definitely can see the progress being made. I agree we're not there yet, but definitely feeling the momentum right now. As I mentioned, you and I had similar roles at leading operations and coming out, hopefully coming out of one of the most disruptive periods, if not the most disruptive ever in hospitality, which was to be leading an association that had so much pressure that our stakeholders had so many dire needs for. What do you think the character traits are that you have as a leader that helped you during the pandemic, whether it was your internal team or your external stakeholders in really getting to where HLA needed to go? Yeah, it's interesting in thinking about this conversation and really reflecting a little bit over the last several months about the last two years, look at it as a block of time. But there were certainly at the in the early days of the pandemic where uh, some of that that leadership didn't kick in initially, talking more personally. We all had to come to grasp with what we thought was happening. Was this going to be two weeks? No, it was going to be two months. No, No one knew it was going to be two years. But over time, the engagement that we helped to deliver, the rallying the industry and acting as a convening entity, whether it was the frequency of board meetings, whether it was communications that went out to the industry, whether it was organizing our committees, what became clear was that that HLA was not only giving people a sense of reality, but a sense of hope as well, whether it was lobbying for government support or organizing around key initiatives like Safe Stay and Health Nerds. I think we all probably had our own individual experience. Another area as a leader was it was really important for me recognizing I had colleagues and team members who were in a very different situation. My kids, two are out of college, one's in college. I had uh, mothers, young mothers working with me and for me uh, who were at home with their kids trying to balance all of those demands, along with being a high performing team and leader of people. So All of those areas, focusing where we could from a communications, recognizing the vital role we played at an industry level, but making sure that we were also being very mindful and cognizant of our people and our team's needs as well were the certainly the things I tried to lean on. And in retrospect, hopefully we uh, did a good job over that time frame. I think you you mentioned something great, which was that it was a constant work in progress. As we figured out both external and internal needs as leaders, we were able to 
continually develop or pivot right. or evolve what we needed to be providing as yeah. leaders. You talk about that, Rachel. I know we last year we did a five-year strategic plan, Rachel. I think it was supposed to come up in 2020 was we were supposed to do it. We obviously pushed pause on that effort during calendar year 2020, but in many respects, it felt like we were doing a strategic plan a day or, <laughs> or a week and trying to determine what was needed. How do we pivot in that environment? No one cared what your title was and was pitching in. And even if you didn't have a deep skill set in a certain area or otherwise, you jumped in and you took on a role, whether it was leadership or a contributor to it, that pitching in factor was huge and certainly something I tried to do and notice some of our top team members doing as well. I could not agree more. I think that rolling up your sleeves and just saying what what's needed and how can I help was such a huge part and will eventually lead, I think, also to the career advancement for a lot of people who really took advantage of that opportunity to grow skills. You mentioned um, when you were talking about identifying team and talent, this idea of lateral moves. And we've heard yeah. that from a lot of leaders on these interviews for DEI advisors is how right. for them expanding that that skill set is so yeah. important. And I think a lot of people had an opportunity to do yeah. that during the pandemic. I, I've I mean, always found that to, as a leader to be something that I've tried to be intentional and purposeful about. There are members of my team who I've engaged in conversations and identified for them opportunities to move laterally within AHLA. I think it not only has individual benefits for giving them a broader set of experiences and track record and relationship, but you know what? It's great for the organization as well. I think that's how you build the future leaders of a team is giving them a range of experiences where they can gain that those insights, those relationships and that track record. And those are the folks who are going to lead HLA and other organizations over time. Yeah, no, I could not agree more. I want to talk about mentors and champions in one minute. But since we're talking about growth, whether it is developing knowledge or skills within a company to learn more about different aspects of the company, I know I've told a lot of people when I started at the association, I had only come from a law firm. So there were all these subject matter experts of all these different areas that I had never had the pleasure of working with before. And I was able to learn business development and marketing and communications and governance and all these things I'd never heard of at a law firm before. But there are a lot of ways, and you and I are both committed to continuing to grow ourselves and to grow our teams. What do you do personally when you're trying to either identify, you know what, I need to really develop this skill set, or I'd like one of my team members, I notice they're maybe not as strong here. How do you um, identify resources? There are so many out there, obviously, within HLA and outside. How do you identify those resources and look to, to continue to develop your skills and those of others? Yeah. In terms of with others, it links back a bit to the conversation we just had about lateral movements and other roles and assignments. I think you can always look at special projects and ways for people to take on a leadership assignment within their organization. In DEI, we've got a, an employee-based DEI task force that looks at our organization. We have a team that's organized around looking at events and engagement we can have in the community, a culture team within our organization. So there's always those task forces and other areas that an organization can develop, but also looking if you can highlight opportunities for top talent, maybe um, a new initiative that's getting off the ground or a new potential partnership discussion, trying to pull those people into these project teams, I think gives them a fresh perspective, a new way to contribute. And again, ultimately it, it leads to their professional development as well. So 
being open-minded and also being willing to take a risk. Those are areas personally that I've tried to be open to over the course of my career. In some respects, it's been great, not always 100%, but looking at new assignments, being open to those. I can think of several occasions in my career where I said yes, where others said no, and it took me down a different path. Saying yes more than you say no is another consistent theme we hear from a lot of the leaders we've been interviewing. Let's turn to mentors, champions, advocate. There's a lot of sponsors. There's a lot of different names being used today. You mentioned having some, working for some exceptional leadership at American Express and having the opportunity to grow and develop there from college intern, Kevin, up until executive. How important have mentors and champions been in your career path And what advice would you give to those coming along as either how to identify folks or how to use mentors and champions to help them with their career mobility? Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost is being willing to ask to work with someone in that capacity. I think you naturally look at a leader or your first boss or someone in that respect. I've always tried to maintain ongoing relationships with the people I've reported to or worked with over time. But there's certainly a number of leaders that I've had the opportunity to work directly for or work with from a support or a colleague perspective. And I've always tried to keep an eye out for things they do in ways that I can emulate their behaviors or their leadership experience, but also watch bad leaders as well. You can learn as much in that respect as, as well of what not to do, but keeping it on the positive side of, again, I had the good fortune of having a lot of exposure to some of the top leaders and CEOs at American Express and how they would interact with people at any level of the organization or with customers or people at junior levels in other companies was always trying to just soak in those learnings and looking at not only people you work with, but customers and colleagues that you work alongside. And one area that I can reference that kind of connects the how I got to HLA a little more specifically was when I left American Express, one of the first conversations conversations I had was with my friend, Jonathan Tish, who I had known for 20 years through American Express. He gave me some great input and counsel and picked up the phone and said, you, sh- you need to go talk to Jeff. And so I trooped over to Parsippany and Jeff didn't know me at all. And we wound up sitting down and we spent a full hour talking about my background, what I wanted to do. He said two things. One, he said, um, email me your resume. And two, I want you to go down to DC next Tuesday to talk to Catherine Luger about what's going on at AHLA. Not only did Jeff get my resume, but he emailed it back with handwritten comments and suggestions. I've never seen that to this day from anyone I interacted with, but it was certainly the relationship I had with John, the connection I made with Jeff and him identifying an opportunity where right time, right person, where HLA was looking to create this role to help drive the resource growth that the organization was embarking upon with its renewed mission and new direction. That's such a great story about Jeff. And I think really goes to show that the hospitality industry, I never hear people say no. Can you help me? Can I ask you a question? Do you know someone who does this? And I think that story you shared just is a perfect example of being willing to reach out and ask and then where that takes you and following that path along is so incredibly important. I think that oftentimes gets overlooked a bit that, that at least in my, the vast majority of my interactions, people are happy to help. It's getting the 
backbone or willingness to ask in that respect. Need not always be at a CEO level or otherwise, but I've often found, particularly in hospitality, I think you're right on that front, Rachel, that people have a service mindset are looking to help people advance because you know what, they've probably had that experience in their career as well. I also think a really special thing is how many advocates we have behind the scenes that we don't even know that we have. So there may be people who champion for us. We may reach out to mentors, but there tends to also be people behind there that are advocating in ways we might not advocate for ourselves. And I, I don't know that it's unique to hospitality, but it's certainly, I find incredibly evident across the board. So speaking of important things, you mentioned that you have four children. And of varying ages. And you've obviously had global roles. The Mm. HLA role is very demanding, both of time and I know you commute as well. Mm. In my least favorite city for traffic. When we talk about Atlanta or DC? No, I'm talking about DC. (laughs) When I left DC, I still to this day will say it's, it's terrible. But, you know, we hear work life balance talked so much about with women. And, but it isn't just women. My husband struggles with it. You have to figure out a balance as well. What are some of the strategies or ways? And I'm not saying that you've managed, I'm not drawing any conclusions, but what are some of the ways maybe over time it changes as the kids' needs change as they get older? Um, But some of the ways that you've found have been successful for you in feeling satisfied in your personal life, but also the career that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I am still a major work in progress on this front. Uh, We all are. (laughs) I don't know that I'll ever declare a victory. In some of the global roles I had, I'd be away for a week to 10 days at a time with small children at home. It it was difficult. And my wife, Jillian, obviously did a phenomenal job, continues to do that in supporting our family in that regard. But I think you need to continuously work at this. And uh, I think of even recent examples where Sometimes the schedule's so busy on a day-to-day basis, I get in real early, and th- those tend to be the only times where I can kind of hammer through things and do the work that I need to do. An area that I know I need to work on, and my team will point this out to me, is stop sending me emails on Sunday. Uh, there's like a little window before the NFL games kick off or otherwise. They know when when I'm doing things, but I'm trying to get better on hitting the old delay delivery. So mm-hmm. they start to come in on Monday. It's a great tool on Outlook. Thank you, Microsoft. There's things you need to just be more mindful of in that respect. But again, work-life balance is tough. One thing I do, I've tried to do and is go in a week before and just block time. Might be random, might be intentional in certain days of the week, but just go in and just block time. Because you know what? If you leave it open, it's going to get full. People on your team or otherwise are going to jump on those time slots. Being more specific around Respecting the work-life balance of others is important as a leader, but also being continuously looking for new tricks or tips to make yourself a little more balanced in that respect. But I love the word intentional. I think that's such an important part of trying to figure that out. One of my favorite questions, and if you've heard me speak before, you know this, but is always to ask, what advice would you give to your younger self? And the reason I think it's so important is we are all a work in progress. And I love the idea of taking a step back and reflecting and saying, what do I wish my 21-year-old self knows that I that might I know now. What would you tell 21-year-old Kevin Carey that today that you wish you'd known about yourself or about life back back then? Definitely being open to taking some of those career risks. A time when you're in your 20s or even 30s, they may not seem like risks, but being open to walking down the non-traditional paths. I, I was one of the only 
people that I knew of at American Express who went from working in a government affairs role to ultimately leading businesses in the company. So that kind of reverse path was one and or taking tough assignments in that regard. Any person early stage in their career, be open to those opportunities that if there's a difficult assignment, if a senior leader is asking you to think about a new role, that's you should certainly listen intently and be open to taking some of those non-traditional paths or risks in your career. I love that. As we wind down on time, Kevin, we've covered a lot of great content, a lot of great lessons that you've learned, keeping in mind the DEI advisor's mission of empowering personal success for the Mm -hmm. individuals. What is some piece of final advice that we haven't talked about so far that you want people to hear? Yeah. One of the themes in that respect would be it's 100% appropriate and legit for you to think about your personal success. Look for those opportunities of new roles and otherwise. But I think it's also important, particularly as a leader, to think about the success of others as well and help them, A, ask what their career aspirations are, work with them to help develop pathways, relationships, assignments that they can get there. It should be a two-way street. As a leader of any organization or team, you can be focused on your own personal success, but you should also be thinking about the personal success of your colleagues and your team members as well. That is a great place to wrap up, but I am not going to let you get away without telling me where is Kevin Carey's happy place these days? If you could see off to my left here, out on the waterfront in Annapolis, we've lived here for five years since we moved over to HLA, and it's it's great. To, it's a little cold today. I don't know that I want to be out there in the boat, in the chop in the bay, but we really enjoy it here, and it's great. We're very fortunate to be able to get home from work and run down and jump on the boat and get out on the bay. Given your earlier comments, I thought you might mention Happy Valley, but <laughs> my name. <laughs> Well, Kevin, on behalf of an industry, myself personally, thank you for your leadership in the industry, your leadership through HLA as well, and for sharing some time with our viewers today for DEI Advisors. We really appreciate it. Fantastic. Rachel, thanks. And everyone, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Thanks, Kevin. Bye.